0: welcome back to the reach for wellness podcast brought to you by community reach center located in westminster colorado i'm your host vanessa alarcon a licensed clinical social worker Um, november is um, the month where we celebrate veterans day and so today we have two guests i'm very excited to introduce to you both Um, so why don't we go ahead and start with um with you colette if you could just share your name and the kind of things that you
1: do to support our veteran communities yeah, so my name is Coletta Archibald. I'm also a licensed clinical social worker. Um, and I am actually an Air Force brat. So anybody who's listening who knows anything about the military, you know all about that. Or maybe just call me a dependipotamus. Either, either one's good. Um, I am the director of the Boulder Vet Center, where we work with, uh, you know, all kinds of veterans. Um, and I think we'll probably get into more of what that looks like. So. Wonderful. Well, thank you.
2: It's an honor to have you here. Yeah, thank you. Go ahead, Mark. So I'm uh, Mark Osberg. I'm uh, the Director of Facilities here at Community Reach Center. Um, I'm a Navy veteran that has spent 21 years in the Navy from 1986 to 2007, been retired since 2007, and uh, just uh, very, very interested in you know, taking care of veterans and Mm -hmm. taking care of the world. So,
1: yeah, Yeah. amen to that. (laughs) So, Mark,
0: let's let's dig a little bit into that, because you do have that experience of having served. And so um, through that, I imagine that you might have observed some some of uh, veterans um, through experiencing mental health struggles or maybe you yourself. Um, And so could you share a little bit about that?
2: Sure. Um, You know, I think one of the things that people forget i mean obviously i sh- i did struggle and we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a minute um, but i think during my military service it was it was a struggle for my family i mean i think people forget about the people that are left behind from you know people serving as far as you know kids and spouses and stuff like that and it was a real struggle for them and i and for me it was almost like feeling guilty, you know, for leaving them at certain times. So that's something that I dealt with a lot. I was very fortunate to have a very um, good dependent wife and and kids that understood. But it's not to say they didn't have struggles with me not being there. So I think we have a tendency to focus on the veterans, but I think Mm -hmm. we also have to, you know, think about those people that are left behind and having to be the mom and the dad or the dad and the mom whatever the case may be um but you know after you know i retired and stuff you know there were some struggles that i had and i was able to get you know help through you know therapy whether you know through ptsd i had some ptsd and Mm -hmm. and also um dealt with some depression for a while and it's Mm -hmm. and it's a struggle and i think one of the things that people some veterans have a hard time realizing is that um, there are people out there that can help you and that you don't have to try to do it alone and that you could, there are resources out there that can, um, you know, and it took me a while to find those resources, but once you did, I mean, they were very open to helping. and, and um, you know, the rest is just, you know, uh, it was difficult going through it, but at the same time, having those resources and having those people uh, help you, help me uh, was just a, uh, uh, you know, a real blessing. So,
0: mm-hmm. I'd like to rewind a little bit to um, you sharing the, the impact on family that you observed. And so, and it's so true because through like even holiday seasons, as we're hitting that now, like that could be an example of, you know, how someone may, um, you know, if they're away from their loved ones, how that could be a really big impact. Through your experience, you talked a little bit about the um, accessing resources. What was, were you hesitant, or were you just not sure? Like, what was your experience
1: with that?
2: Well, I, I think it was more a ego thing, where <laughs> I felt like that I could just, you know, I could take care of this. I, you know, I, you know, I'm a big military guy. You know, I, I don't need, you know, any you know, anybody to tell me how I should be feeling or or anything like that. So I think getting past that and realizing that, you know, I can't do this on my own, um, that I do need, um, you know, you know, someone to help me through it and stuff. And it's not that that I didn't have resources, you know, as far as my family was concerned and everything, but, you know, they're not, you know, love them to death, but they're not, you know, they're not, they're not in the field to be able to kind of get me through those things. And, and, you know, they were very, Good about encouraging me to get the help that I needed, and and uh, once I got past the, you know, being, you know, the macho guy that I am, and just you know saying I hey, I do need this help, and after that it was. I won't say easy, but a lot easier.
0: Mm, Yeah, and Colette, you chuckled. I imagine
1: you've heard this before. Yeah, I was just going to say you're in really great company because every (laughs) single veteran that I've ever had walk through the door and that I've had the privilege of sitting across from has, you know, had some hesitance about coming in. One, because it's... You know, in the military, it's um, you kind of suck it up and you just deal with whatever's going on because you want to be able to be reliable for the Mm. the people next to you, and you know, especially going outside the wire and all that. But I think also, you know, in the military, you're you're kind of encouraged not to go seek help. um, You know, because you don't want to be seen as you know weak or somebody that can't be trusted you know, to do their job. And so I think incredibly courageous for you to to realize, okay, like this, this isn't changing. And I think one of the things that's so great when people come get treatment or get help is that they get to see they're not alone. Like, right. I'm not the only veteran right. who was a bad man jamba, you know, that, um, you know, needs some added support because post-traumatic stress is really just having seen and done too many, like, there's so many horrific things and no time to deal with it. So anyway, I think it's awesome that you came in. (laughs) Yeah, and and seeing
0: that, you know, there are other people that are receiving the services and even instilling help, I imagine as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, So Mark, and I know a little bit about this, but you know, you've shared with the organization that your military experience has really shaped your transition to coming into the civilian workforce, and um, yeah, can you share more about what that experience was like?
2: Well, I, I, it, it was harder than you might think, mm. you know, because military is very structured. Mm. I mean, it's you wear the same clothes every day. You, you know, you you go to work at the, at the same time. You have to be the certain place same time. So it was, it, you know. You, initially I thought you know, it would be a very easy transition but it, it was a, a little bit more of a challenge just to kind of get out of the military mindset of just being so structured and being a little bit more flexible so um, but you know what it taught me just in my tra- in transitioning from to the civilian sector is it just the work ethic that I have and everything it's just it taught you to, that you know you have to you know, work for, you know, uh, and just uh, that work ethic that you have I, that I developed was really a plus and very easy. And then, in addition to that, is just having an appreciation for the civilian workforce because they do things differently—not necessarily the wrong way, but they just do things differently and have an appreciation.
1: Tell people to drop and give you twenty. Right,
2: right. <laughs> you know, and and that was a learning curve for me because I. Had, Once I left the military, I I had a a job for about 10 years at the University of Colorado, and and, uh, it took me a while to learn the ins and outs of how to lead from a civilian (laughs) perspective. And I'm not ashamed to say that I was in the HR person's office a couple times (laughs) telling me that I can't do that, you know, because I was, you know, to your point, you know, military is like, boom, boom, you know, very structured and you got to do this or this is going to happen kind of thing. And so, so it was, it was an interesting transition, but I came around.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so interesting to hear that because I think sometimes we don't think about what experiences people have had and the adjustment that happens naturally from having to transition from one for workforce to another. So now, I mean, you were a leader at the University of Colorado Denver. You're a leader here at Community Reach Center as you direct our many facilities. I think I heard you say 21. Yeah,
1: Correct.
0: <laughs> so you're busy. So, you know, what has driven you in these leadership roles to want to give back and serve to your community?
2: I think it was, a lot of it has to do with how I was raised and how my, my parents always emphasized that to me is that, um, that you always want to give back to, you know, society, and that was just kind of how they, you know, pictured it and paint, painted it for me. And, you know, and in my time in the military, one of the things that I learned, I mean, I knew that going into the military, that's why I joined, because I wanted to give back, but... One of the things that I learned in the military, as I traveled throughout the world, because you know, 21 years in the military, I I can talk for an hour all the places that you I've been. Places. But but um, you you it developed for me a sheer appreciation for our country and the country that, that we live in, because not in you know going to some of the third world countries and seeing how they live and how it's just routine, it makes you appreciate you know, coming back to the United States and knowing that you live in a country that has the freedoms that they have and such. And so knowing that, that's why I just really want to emphasize giving back to Mm -hmm. to to not just, you know, society but to to the to the country that I live in and it's just it just becomes second nature to me. So Yeah.
0: Well thank you for all that you've done throughout your lifetime and continue to do here with us, keeping us safe. So Colette, um, talk to, through us about the Boulder Vet Center. What kind of services do
1: does this center provide to Boulder? Yeah, so um, the Boulder Vet Center or any of the Vet Centers, there's about 300 across the nation now. Um, and they were initially started when Vietnam veterans came home from Vietnam and they had just a, a wildly different homecoming than most any other generation of warrior. and you know, as a result of that, we needed to develop some different programs. And so um, vet centers were started, and they were initially started as a peer-to-peer kind of situation where, you know, veterans were helping other veterans. And, um, you know, it eventually led to a uh, mission from Congress um, where, you know, now we are working with veterans from World War II to this current war that just officially ended um, in Iraq and Afghanistan. And so we we work with uh, combat veterans or anybody who is in support of combat operations, again from World War II to Iraq, Afghanistan. Um, We also work with sexual trauma survivors of any gender. I know sometimes we tend to think of like military sexual trauma as being primarily a female issue, Um, but it's it really impacts all genders. And you know we we definitely see see that a lot. Um, We also work with uh, family members of active duty service members who were killed. Um, during on active duty so it could have been in a combat zone or a training accident or you know um do like getting hit by a drunk driver i mean it could be just any anything um that we try to be there for for family members um i know that we recently just mm-hmm. saw you know uh, several service members who who were just recently killed mm-hmm. um we also work with, these are some new eligibility criteria that have just opened up. We're, we're trying to be as inclusive as we can to our veteran population. So um, new missions include working with the UAV personnel or the drones um, and people who, you know, do, do those missions. So maybe they're not in country, but they are definitely seeing things up close and personal. Uh, We are working with uh, Coast Guard, active duty and former Coast Guard who um, were involved in drug interdiction. Mm -hmm. Um, We work with active duty service members uh, to include National Guard and Reserves who have been activated. And then I think, I believe the last one is that, um, you know, if there's any uh, service, like service members who are activated, you know, like Reserves or National Guard components who are activated for things like 9-11 mm. um, or, or missions like that, then, you know, we we can certainly work with them. So we, we cover a broad number of things wow. and not just that, we, we try to, um, with our veterans, provide individual, couples, family, group, any of those kind of therapy models, because one size isn't like a one size isn't fit all, right? right. And, Um, So we try and really think outside the box and so some of the groups that we do are equine therapy or Mm -hmm. um, we have yoga and meditation and um, we have an art therapy group and you know just different things to you know that will speak to a veteran Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think that's kind of the gist of what we cover, other than I want to say that most of the staff members at vet centers are, are veterans themselves, wow. um, oftentimes combat um, or, you know, just prior service. Um, I am not a service member, but like I said, I was... Um, I am an Air Force brat. I'm really proud of that. My dad was an F-4 fighter pilot. Mm-hmm. So back during Vietnam era, F-4 Phantom's were the sexy fighter jet of the, the, that generation. And they're all retired now. All the They're all static displays. But, <laughs> um, man, I, I just super love our veterans. And so this is my small way of giving back. You were asking Mark nice. about wanting mm-hmm. to serve. And so this is my way of giving back to, you know, those who have served and, you know, given so much for us.
0: Yeah. Well, that's quite the menu of services yeah. that are provided and a nice variety so people can can find what fits best for them mm-hmm. as well. So that's sounds very intentional. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as we begin to wrap up uh, from our time that we have together, I would like to ask about how, you know, people that haven't been service members that don't maybe. Are connected to any veteran friends or family members? Like I feel like both of you have a bond that I'm seeing, even though oh, I. It's just love. Yeah, that's love. <laughs> I got love for Mark already. We all just met, but I just feel like there's <laughs> this bond, right? And people outside of it could be like, "Well, how can I be supportive if that lived experience is important to someone?" Like, what can someone do to help be supportive of the veteran community?
2: You know, I I don't know if there's any you know, anything that comes to mind, but just one. Incident that I'd like to share uh, that happened to me many years ago, and it's it's something that anybody can do. Um, I was. one of my duty stations, um, many duty stations, was believe it or not, at Buckley Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. There is actually Navy at Buckley Air Force yes, Base. Yes, there are. Yeah, <laughs> not very many. But, you're, you know, you're landlocked. a little out of your way. Everybody's like, "There's Navy at Air Force Base in the, in the middle of the Rocky Mountains." Yes, there is. Um, so. Um, being originally from Denver, raised in Denver, I was able to come back home for about three years, and, mm-hmm. and which was incredible because all my family was here and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, during that time, I, I had uh, uh, had to go to pick up a family member uh, that was uh, being having a medical procedure done at a hospital mm-hmm. uh, here locally, and uh, as I was standing in kind of the, the roundabout area waiting for them to get discharged and just waiting for them to pick up I had noticed a a gentleman elderly gentleman I mean he couldn't couldn't say how old he was but he was in a walker and he was walking to his car and he and my car was kind of next to him and I was standing there and I was in full uniform Mm -hmm. uh, you know waiting and this gentleman purposely stopped Turned around and keep in mind this gentleman is an elderly person in the walker really struggling just to get into his car much less get anywhere and he was walking towards me and I was you know I, I wasn't quite sure uh, you know if you know maybe I knew him or, or something like that and as he was walking towards me I kind of went towards him because I I could tell he wanted to come in and address me so I went towards him and he looked up at me and he had tears in his eyes and he looked at me and he says, I just want to thank you for your service. Wow! And I say all that to say, that's something that everybody can do. If you see somebody in uniform, mm-hmm. just that small, thank you to just go over there and shake your hand. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a military uniform, mm-hmm. any kind of uniform that is giving back to society yeah. and just say, thank you, because that moment, I will never, ever forget. And, I mean, it's just because he made the effort, much of the struggles it was. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's something that anybody could do. That if you see a military member at the airport or, you know, or a police officer at a movie theater or, or whatever. So, you know, it may seem like a small thing, mm-hmm. but I assure you, for those people that serve day in and day out, that's a huge thing for mm-hmm. someone to make that, um, that effort to do that.
1: And I know sometimes, so every veteran has a different experience, and some of my veterans have a hard time hearing thank you Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of them will say, I was just doing my job. And Mm -hmm. so another option to thank you for your service is welcome home, Mm -hmm. you know, especially to any of our, you know, Vietnam vets who didn't really get that welcome home. And, you know, actually, you know, a lot of veterans, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just a really warm, you know, way of connecting and so and if you're a family member or a veteran who's listening right now uh, just know you're not alone and um, you know i think one of the best ways that we can help our veterans and our service members is to listen to them Mm -hmm. and know that sometimes most veterans don't really want to share their stories to their family members because they don't want to feel like their experiences will harm Mm -hmm. their family Mm -hmm. and so you know just encouraging them to come and talk to someone like me i I promise we're not scary (laughs) That uh, and a lot of us have a really great sense of humor. We have that dark sense of humor in the military, so definitely a lot of jokes happen. And um, so it doesn't have to be, you know, all trauma, all all serious. But family members are sometimes the first to recognize when something. When a veteran is struggling, they may think, "Oh, I'm fine," and their family member recognizes it first. So, you know, if you're a family member, don't be afraid to, to say something or encourage your your loved one to go in.
2: And that's that's exactly what happened to me. Is that you know when I came, you know, after I retired from the military, I mean, I was a different person than
1: yeah,
2: you know, that than what my wife knew when she, you know I was different. I mean, and and um, and you know, she was the one that pointed out to me that it was like you need to and that encouragement plus you know getting past the the ego piece was got me what i needed so
0: mm-hmm. yeah. So I want to thank you both for your time here, and hopefully those um, listening at home have learned something. Um, If you would like more information um, about Veterans Affairs or other Vet Centers, you can visit um, www.va.gov. And if you want to connect with Community Reach Center and stay tuned for future episodes, you can connect with us through our social media pages. Um, You can find all of those links at our website at www.communityreachcenter.org. And if you found this helpful or you think you know someone that could find this helpful as well we encourage you to share one of our episodes or this episode's um, with your friend and family um, and i encourage you to subscribe to our podcast for future episodes and you can find us on every um, podcast platform all right talk to you next time